0: Hey, One Community Church, it's so great to be with you. Uh, I just so love what God is doing in and through this church Uh, I follow your pastor uh, and his wife Dr. Uh, and Mrs. Uh, Conway Edwards Um, it's just been so great to see uh, the unity table and the innovative ideas that are just coming forth uh, through these great leaders I am just happy to serve alongside of them and to be a part of what God is doing in this great church hey listen I've come to bring a word of encouragement to you so if you have your device or if you're old school like me and you've got a physical Bible with you, why don't you make your way to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and pick me up in verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 24. The guy who wrote this, his name is Paul, and Paul says these things. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So, Paul says, I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Father, would you bless your word? Your word says that it will not return void. And so, Father, would you use it to encourage somebody? Someone needs encouragement today. Would you use it to challenge somebody? Would, would you use your word, Father, to save someone, to bring them into the fold, into the family of God today? We pray these things. Use me, Father, I pray. Amen and amen. Back in the 1800s, they were building the Transcontinental Railroad. And like the name suggests, uh, it was a railroad that was gonna run from coast to coast. Uh, Right when they were beginning this, someone had the idea that they wanted to uh, launch this whole daunting project with um, a golden nail ceremony where they would gather a whole lot of people, there'd be a lot of fanfare and they'd drive the first spike. They were shocked to discover though that the owner of one of the the railroads who was very much a part of this project decided that he did not wanna come for this nailing of the first spike ceremony. He actually sent word, words to this effect. He says, if you wanna gather a large crowd to nail the first spike, go ahead. But I don't wanna participate. He says over the next several months, the work is going to be backbreaking and difficult and hard. Uh, There's going to be bridges that need to be built that's going to be going over rivers. There's going to be mountains that are going to need to be navigated. There's, There's a lot of work and anyone can drive the first spike. But when the last spike is driven, I'll show up for that ceremony. See, what the owner of the railroad was getting to was not just this idea of perseverance, but really this idea of finishing well. Friends, if you get nothing else I say in this little lesson I want to challenge you with, I want you to get this in your spirits. And that is starting well is easy. Anyone can start off well on the throes of an an emotional high or a new experience, but finishing well, that's the challenge. Starting well is easy. Finishing well, that's the challenge. Oh, come on, go with me, somebody. Some of you all know this truism to life when it comes even to your own faith. Some of you all got saved later on in life and you remember the joy that filled your soul when you first got saved. You didn't know a single Bible verse, but, but you were witnessing to anyone that would listen you were in your word and you were reading the word of god and you were you were praying and it was intimate and rich you didn't know an ounce of theology but all you know is that god had saved you and now look at some of us maybe it's been years since we've shared our faith or our time with the lord is is stale at best we understand in our faith that starting well is easy finishing well is the challenge or or maybe Those of us who are married, we understand this truism, don't we? That starting well is easy, finishing well is the challenge. Think back to your wedding day. Oh, the fanfare and the joy and and the ecstasy of that day. And you actually got into a car and maybe they spray painted on the back, just married. And the adrenaline rush and you were the best husband on the honeymoon. And now look at some of us decades later. Maybe it no longer says, just married. But maybe instead it says, just married. We understand that starting well is easy, finishing well is the challenge. Can I give you one more application point to solidify this in your minds that starting well is easy and finishing well is the challenge? We're in COVID. None of us wanted this but maybe when quarantine first happened, you said, okay, we're just gonna embrace this thing and maybe some of it's kind of cool, I don't have to travel as much and and no more commutes to the office and so we'll just hunker down and it was was great those first couple days or weeks, but here we are some months later and we're fatigued in our spirit. We're about to go nuts up in here, up in here. So we understand that starting well is easy Finishing well is the challenge. Well, pastor, I think you're making a big deal out of this and I wanna push back and say, no, I'm not. See, my Bible doesn't record God saying of you and I when we stand in his presence, well start. Instead, God will say to you and I hopefully well done because what matters most to God, friends, it's not how well or how poor you start, it's how you finish. Oh, if I could give someone a word of encouragement, that blesses me. The fact that you're still alive, taking in this word right now, no matter what you've done, no matter how fatigued you may be, no matter how bleak the marriage or your faith may be, the fact that you're alive right now, it is God's way of saying by His grace and mercy, I'm not done. Dust yourself off and finish well. Those two words, finishing well, are really the main idea of our text, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Here's the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians, and he uses the metaphor of the marathon to depict the Christian life. And what a metaphor it is. He talks about running and a race and, and all of this stuff, and he is exhorting us to finish well. Well, Brian, Pastor, how am I going to finish well? What does that look like to finish well in my faith, to finish well in my marriage, to finish this season well in COVID, to finish well as a parent, to finish well as a college student where I got to go from campus to now doing things online? What does that practically look like? Give me some help here. Paul says three things. Look back at verse 24 of 1 Corinthians 9 with me, shall you? Paul writes, Do you not know that in a race all the here it is runners run but only one receives the prize so here it is again run that you may obtain it Pastor Conway and Jada, they've taught you all this, that that the New Testament originally isn't written in a language called English. It's actually written in a language called Greek. And the the Greek word for for run is an interesting word. It it doesn't just speak of the the physical repetitious movement of our feet. It actually speaks to the, the heart, the essence, the soul of the runner. It doesn't just speak of the runner's actions. It speaks of the runner's attitude. For this word run literally means to give it your all. Paul says, look, if you're going to finish well, you're going to have to be radically committed to to excellence, to excellence. I I grew up in a little town called Fairburn on the south side of Atlanta. Our claim to fame is uh, that uh, the old heavyweight uh, champion uh, Evander Holyfield uh, used to live in our town. It's a little sleepy town, and but 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 around August, this time of every year, my brother and I would beg my father to take us down to Duncan Park and sign us up for Pop Warner football. Nothing gave me greater joy than to hit somebody in Jesus' name. I absolutely loved it. Now, Pop Warner football was a big thing, and uh, in in the registration process, it was pretty complicated. They take you from station to station. In one station, they'd see how tall you were. Another station, they'd weigh you. And another station, you'd have to fill out medical release form. And then there's the last station, that's where you had to pay the registration fee. Now, you need to understand that, that my dad's a preacher, a phenomenal preacher, and he doesn't need one of these to preach from. Uh, he would preach to us anywhere and everywhere. And every year, at that uh, time to pay the registration fee, Dad would always embarrass my brother and I by preaching to us a little sermon in front of all these other little kids and their parents. He preached it so often, I believe I still remember it. He would say, checkbook in hand. Now, sons, Uh, Your mother and I don't make a whole lot of money. We're in full-time vocational ministry. Um, But God's blessed us, and this registration fee is really expensive. This is the Lord's money that we have to use. So before I write this check, I, I need to get a few things straight. Number one, sons, if I pay, you stay. In other words, I'm not trying to hear midway through the season that the weather's too hot, it's too humid, the coach is too mean, the, the, the boys hit too hard, no, 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 no. The, the word quit doesn't exist in our household. It, it, literally, it didn't because one year, to solidify his point, he took out the Loritz family dictionary when we got back to the house, flipped to the Q section, took out a pair of scissors and literally cut out the word quit. He used to always love to say, that word doesn't even exist in my house. And then he says, not only if I pay, you stay, but secondly, if I pay, you stay and you play. In other words, sons, God has invested in you certain athletic abilities that do not warrant you sitting on the bench. In other words, I'm not trying to take time out of my busy schedule watching you do what I'm doing, and that's watching the other little boys play. If I'm going to sacrifice, give it my all by paying this registration fee, then I expect you to give it your all. Friends, don't you understand that the marathon of the Christian life had a registration fee? Ours was paid on a hill called Calvary 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ died the excruciating death of crucifixion. In fact, do you know that word excruciating comes from the Latin excruciatus, ex out of, cruciatus, cross, literally means out of the cross. In fact if you ever read lee strobel's wonderful book the case for christ one of his sections he interviews a medical doctor this medical doctor was an expert in ancient crucifixion and this medical doctor would say oftentimes when when a person was crucified long nails were nailed not in their hand but in their wrists the romans considered the wrist to be part of the hand and it would go through these two bones and would strike a nerve causing the hands to drop like this Long nails were nailed in the feet, and they were hoisted up onto a cross, and two centurions would drop them in a post, and upon being dropped into a post, all of their joints would become dislocated, and their lungs would fill up with, with, with mucus, and they'd have to push up to get air. Do you know the average length of time it took a person to die the death of crucifixion? Not two or three minutes. Not two or three hours. The average length of time it took them to die the death of crucifixion was two or three days. But if you had a nice centurion, he'd take his club and break your legs so you could no longer push up to get air, thus expediting the process. See, I need you to understand something. Salvation is free, but it ain't cheap. Just because it didn't cost you something, doesn't mean it didn't cost someone something. And I believe Jesus Christ is like my daddy. Because I've paid, you stay. Don't come talking midway through the, through the race. This pandemic's been too hard. The finances are too tight. The children are too ornery. The college situation is too tough. No, the word quit should not exist in the Christian vocabulary. And not only do we pay, Does he pay and we stay and we play, but we give it our all. Christ didn't give his all for us to settle for a C, C minus Christianity. He gave his all that we might give our all as a response to his grace. How am I going to hear the words? Well done. How am I going to finish? Well, I've got to be committed to excellence. And Let me just pause right here and say that's one of the things I love about one community church. You all are a people committed to excellence. But what's true collectively, may that be true of us individually. But there's something else. In verse 25, Paul says every athlete exercises self-control in all things they do it to receive a perishable wreath but we an imperishable the new american standard actually talks about the word there is is competes every athlete it says who competes in the games again paul is writing in a language called greek and the greek word for competes it's it's actually the word listen to it carefully agonizomai 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 does that sound familiar it should It's from that Greek word agonizomai that we get the English word agony or agonize. See, what Paul is saying is that the Christian life presupposes pain and problems. This is important because yes, we've got to be people of excellence, but secondly, we have to be people of endurance. Because again, Paul is saying that there's going to be agonizomai, the Christian life presupposes pain and problems. I just wanna stop right here and and I just need to say this. Be careful what preachers you listen to. God's blessed you all with a great pastor and his wife, Jade, who pours into you all sound biblical teaching. And I, I wish everyone out there had their robust commitment to the truth of scripture, but sadly, Sadly, there are preachers out there who preach this name it, claim it, confess it, and possess it prosperity theology, which in essence says that if you really love Jesus, if you really follow Christ, you'll you'll never have any problems and you'll get everything you want, the brand new Range Rover with the 26-inch rims. It makes you wonder what Bible are they reading. They have to cut out, for example, the whole book of Job. Here was a man described by God as being perfect and upright and yet Satan torments him. They've got to cut out the cross of Jesus Christ. Here's Jesus, perfect God in the flesh, and yet he endured the horrors of the cross. They've got to cut out the teachings of Paul. Paul told Timothy, indeed, all who desire to be godly in Christ Jesus, not might be, not could be, but will be persecuted. So don't you understand what Paul is saying is the witness of Scripture, that the Christian life presupposes pain and problems. Friends, you didn't do anything wrong to get quarantined. Just because you got let go from your job doesn't mean God's mad at you. What you're going through with your kids or that broken relationship isn't necessarily the judgment of God. It's called living in a fallen world. And when we go through Agonizamai, we've we've got to be like my old high school football coach. Again, I grew up on the south side of Atlanta, love football, and in my freshman year in high school, I, I actually played spring football and um, Coach Bradford, our old high school varsity football coach, he noticed me in my sophomore year, man, I was so excited and and, and decided to do something I'd never done before. I, I said, if I'm gonna get ready for the football season, I need to go in and lift some weights. My first time ever lifting weights, I walk into Campbell High School's uh, weightlifting room, and, and I noticed that the bench had just cleared. I sat down, put the weights on the bar and do a couple of reps, get some water, sit back in the middle of my second season, I hear a familiar voice. It's Coach Bradford. He's yelling in front of this jam-packed weight room. He says, Lorenz, son, what are you doing? Take those girly weights off the bar. Forgive me, ladies. he, He wasn't being too kind. But gosh, I must have had at least 10 pounds on either side. He comes over, take these weights off the bar, and he puts these huge 45 pound plates on either side. Again, my first time lifting. He says loud in front of everybody, now lift this three times. I'm saying to myself, I wish you had an inside voice. So I'm calling on the name of Jesus, I'm speaking in an unknown tongue, and I get this thing off, boom! And I'm struggling, and it ain't going nowhere everybody's looking at me. And Coach Bradford put his clipboard down, starts starts tapping up the bar and, and and whispering in my ear, come on, son, you can do it. Two more, I'm thinking, two more. Boom, struggling, it ain't going nowhere. He's whispering in my ear, encouraging me, tapping up the bar. One more, son, I'm like, one more, coach. I haven't done one. He says to me, Loritz, just think of all those cheerleaders cheering for you at the first pep rally. I'm like, I think I got this. And I was able to, with his help, get that thing up. And then Coach Bradford said to me, something I'll never forget. He says, "Laritz, son, you wanna get big? I said, yes, sir. He says, then you have to lift something heavy. You wanna get big. See, see, our problem is we want the destination, we just don't want the process. If you wanna be a spiritual giant, you're going to have to do some heavy lifting. And there's going to be times in which you're just living life and you're going to go through a season when the, when the weights and the bar of life get heavy and you're going, I'm struggling, I can't lift this. And it's right in that moment that God says, I've got you right where I want you. In your weakness, I'm made strong. And he assigns his divine spotter, the Holy Spirit, who taps up the bar saying, come on, you can do it. Greater is he who's in you than he that is in the world. He who began the good work, and you will be faithful to complete it. But you're going to have to make up your mind to endure. What does it take to finish well? Excellence, endurance. Thirdly, and finally, let's go home on this one. It's going to take integrity. Listen to how Paul ends. Verse 26, he says, I don't run. Aimlessly, I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Wow. Here's Paul. He's using athletic imagery. He's writing to the Corinthians in Corinth. My wife and I were just there uh, last year. Corinth sits on an isthmus. And every other year, they held their version of the Olympics called the Isthmian Games. People from all over the then known world would gather right there in Corinth for these athletic contests. And and before each contest, the referee, the umpire, would gather the contestants together and they would announce the rules. They would say, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. Here's what's in bounds, here's what's out of bounds. Here's what's in the rules, here's what's outside the rules. And that process of announcing the rules, that word is the same word Paul uses for preaching. Paul says, listen, I, I, I want you to know I, I watch my life closely because I don't want to be that guy who, who announces the rules, who preaches over here but lives over here. I don't want to be the one who talks but doesn't walk. I want those two things to be aligned. You know, I teach my three sons all the time from, from the time they were little guys. I always tell them integrity, what is it? It's the alignment of words with deeds. It means I do what I say. Parents, your kids need you to be full of integrity. College students, as you're sitting in your virtual classrooms, and one day when you get back on campus and you go to the frat house or you hang out with your sorors, they need to see men and women of integrity. If you're in ministry, whether you're serving or you're full-time vocational, people need to see integrity. Paul says, we don't want to announce the rules over here, live over there, because that person, he says, is disqualified. What is disqualification? Disqualification isn't loss of salvation. How can you lose something you never earned in the first place? But it is loss of reward. I remember when uh, I graduated from high school, um, I walked in and our graduating class was small enough that all the graduates' names could fit on the program. And. And I noticed right away sitting down in my cap and gown at my graduation ceremony, this festive occasion, uh, that, that some students' names had certain symbols next to them and, I, and that some students didn't have any symbols. And so I, I looked at uh, my friend Michael's name. He had a set of symbols. It meant that he was graduating summa cum laude. And, and, and I look at my friend Keisha's name and she had another set of symbols. It meant she was graduating magna cum laude. And then I, I looked at my name, no set of symbols. It, it just meant I was graduating. Thank you, Lottie. And you know, here I am, festive occasion, and I'm sad. Yeah, I've graduated, done deal, they're not taking the diploma from me. But I have this thought, I I wish I would've tried harder. I wish I would've pushed it harder. No rewards. Friends, there's coming a day when we're gonna meet our maker. We're saved by grace through faith. But I don't wanna just meet him, I wanna hear, well done. I want rewards. Not because I've lived a perfect life, that doesn't exist, but I've leaned on the power of the Holy Spirit. I I want an authentic, real, excellent, enduring, integrous Christianity. Oh friends, let's fight for our integrity. Let's run with excellence and let's run with endurance. Father, I bless your people right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for them. For those who are tuning in right now, for those in whom you've saved, we, we say thank you for salvation. And I pray for those who don't know you. If you don't know him, you can enter into relationship with him right now, just acknowledging like all of us that you've blown it, you've sinned, you've missed the mark. And right now you can cry out to your Savior right on your iPad or your computer or your phone, whatever it may be, your tablet, you can invite him into your heart and life. And Father, would you strengthen us to be people who finish well,